spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anajar and Levine Studios, this is Action Sports Chats with Brent Martineau. Hey, welcome in, Henry, on a Thursday as uh, we say hello from South Florida, the West Palm Beach area, as, uh, well, my travel season has begun, at least in the summer, with the kids. And uh, we are doing the show from the road quite a bit, but uh, we're doing the show nonetheless. So uh, welcome in on a busy, busy Thursday. Kind of fun that we have all this activity going on. If you think about uh, the Live Golf and PGA Tour and the suspensions, you just heard it in the update. We'll get into that more. And, and what were your first impressions? I was actually driving, so Casey, I'm going to lean on you a little bit. And, yeah, uh, and t- well, Ty was telling me, too, in the car as I was driving, but I didn't really watch a lot of this now. I, well, I've got to be honest, but I've seen some of the comments on social media, and, and uh, really th- this part of it is less about what I thought and more about what everybody else thinks. Like, what is the overwhelming narrative if there is one is it divided uh so uh, as this test run starts for the uh, live golf league and and where we're headed with that so uh, we'll get into that in just a little bit but it's kind of a busy day over at jags headquarters in fact it's still ongoing with doug peterson talking uh today and sharing some big news get into that in a moment uh, but also the fact that uh, there are some roundtables with the offensive uh, staff and the defensive staff, which you learned about yesterday, Casey. Like you, I you learned all know about who them. they are. So. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, that's part of it. I think we all now have learned a little bit of who they are, and that's what today is all about too. Is that we get to hear from some of them, not just Press Taylor, offense coordinator, Mike Caldwell, the defensive coordinator, Heath Farwell, special teams, but also some of these other guys. And I'm not sure you'll hear from them today. But the idea that they're talking down there will lend us some insight not only for today, tomorrow. Uh, because, again, it's going on. I'm not sure we'll be able to flip it around uh, some of that sound by today. We'll see. Uh, but going into next week and really into this offseason, learn a little bit more about all these position groups and what the Jaguars are trying to do. Did you hear they went to What's, Top Golf? Uh, the Jags went to Top Golf? Yeah, this morning. Yeah, I did see. I saw, something, I saw something about that. And, and that really gets into, I mean, uh, I don't know what players coach necessarily means. We used to do this with Austin quite a bit, and, and players coach doesn't necessarily mean club med, all that stuff. Players coach, in a lot of ways, means the understanding of what the player is, what they're going through, what they want, what they need, what they should have, all those things. Uh, but also the ability to coach hard. And I think I, I bring this up a lot because I think Bruce Arians is this great example of it. I think he's a guy that comes across as a player's coach, but I've also seen him get red in the face and in the shorts of players as well, and some of the star players. And he doesn't hide from the microphone, too. He'll be very honest in what he says about every player, from Tom Brady to others. And so I don't necessarily believe in the whole player's coach. It's easy. I understand the dynamic between player's coach and, say, disciplinarian or however you want to uh, put it. But I do think Doug Peterson, as a former player, would have to side on the player's coach side of things. And so uh, this top golf thing is nothing new. I mean, people used to go to Jack Del Rio, used to take him to the movies, or, I mean, there's ice cream, there's this, there's that. Like, this isn't anything new. So while it's cool, it's fun, it's great, it's, it's also not, like, earth-shattering. What I do think is pretty unique, and I don't know how many times we see this, but the word out of, out of Jags headquarters today 
that he's basically sending everybody home after today. Mm -hmm. uh, outside of the rookies and the young players, the veterans are getting mandatory minicamp off, Casey. I haven't seen that. I've been around here for almost 15 years. I don't remember that happening. Uh, mandatory minicamp's the time where even the guys that are disgruntled, even the guys that don't want to participate in voluntary because they do different things, they show up because they don't want to get fined. Yeah. Well, this is a, hey, guys, go have a good summer. We'll be back. And uh, Doug Peterson doing that, I wonder how it sits. Again, I was driving much today. I didn't see social media reaction to that. Um, but I'll tell you how it sits with the players. I love you, Doug. We love you, Doug. I mean, thanks, Doug. Like that—that's a—that's a really, as as we look at the trust factor between coach and players, which is something that Peterson's trying to remedy from last year's group with Urban and the players. I mean, that goes a long way. I think. Like I, again, just because you these guys want to work, they want to get better. But hey, give me a couple of days off and extended time with family and a few more days because we're going to be back here early because of the Hall of Fame game and everything else. I think it could go a long way, and that's something I just haven't seen before, Casey. That was a little surprising to me. Yeah, it's cool. I think, um, you know, Doug Peterson also talked about his expectations for when the guys do come back and how he expects them to be in shape and everything, as you would expect. But I guess that trust factor continues to go on. He's talked about it a lot. We've heard the players talk about it, and he trusts that they're going to be in good shape and in a good position when they come back in. Uh, I'm sure it goes a long way with the players after what happened last year. I think it's a cool thing. Maybe not so much from the covering aspect of it because there's not much to cover, but I do respect it. I think it's interesting. I think it's exciting, and we'll get to see how it plays out. I don't think if in October things aren't going well, I don't think we're going to go back and point to the mandatory minicamp that there weren't guys at. But I think it's a cool, I think it's a cool thing that Doug Peterson's doing without a doubt. Yeah, and uh, well, there's two ways to look at this, right? And I don't want to be the Debbie Downer of this side, uh, but the Jacks stink, man. Horrible. Like, the Jacks stink. Like, are they missing an opportunity with a new coach and coaching staff to get better, to start planning for the, the, the fall, to hit the ground running, to whatever? Like, I mean, interpret it the way you want to interpret it, but you get my idea. Mm -hmm. Like, are there people out there right now saying, what are, this, what are the Jags doing? Like, why? This is a team that hasn't been very good. And now yeah. they're going to pass up on three days of work when there's really not a lot of work to be done over the next couple of, well, I would say six weeks or so. Like, is are you are you seeing any of that? Again, no. I've been kind of off social media. Are you seeing any of that? Because I would think some people could interpret it that way. Although, I'm, like, I'm not. I'm just bringing this up as the other side here. But I, I mean, I could think some people might, and maybe even some players might be like, "Hey, man, we got to get better. We got a lot of ground to gain." Yeah, I haven't seen a lot of it. I do. I was listening to Press Taylor talk, and he said that they feel really comfortable about where they are in terms of knowing the offense with, like, Trevor and everything. So I think that plays into it. Like, yeah, they're not going to have those couple of uh, that many camps that work on, I guess, more of the install. But I don't think they would do this if they don't feel good where they're at because then you're just putting yourself at a disadvantage. So when you got Press Taylor saying, hey, we feel good, we know where Trevor's at, we've been in meetings with him, we really like where he is and where the offense is, then I'd I take their word for it, and I think that they're in a good spot. But to your overall question, no. I mean, I haven't seen a lot on social media like, we need minicamp. I haven't seen a ton of that yet on Twitter. I'm sure there is some of it. But in terms of what I've seen is not negative reaction. Yeah, and, and that's cool. Uh, listen, I again, there's a long way to go here. Uh, here's, here's what else happens, all right? This is where Doug P. and, and, and me are on the same page. 
Doug P, and, huh? Are we gonna, I mean, I, I, well, I read Marcel saying Dougie P, and I'm like, now I'm calling him Doug P. I'm yeah, I did, you were the last like, one to, like, jump over. You know, everybody else is calling him, you know, Doug P, or something similar to that, Dougie P. I don't think I'm going to do that. Okay. Let's just Keep make that stand yeah. right here. Okay. Sounds good. Um, Doug. Doug. Douglas. You know, I, I once called, I used to call Marone Uncle Doug. Because really? there was a personality in town that one time tweeted out. This is a backstory on that, okay? Okay. Personality in town um, who, who has been on our show before and uh, tweeted out. And uh, instead of Marone, it went to Martinell. So it was like, uh. instead of like, you know, Marone says uh, so-and-so is out for the next week, it was Martineau says so-and-so is out for the week. And so... You had a lot of power that year. I did. So I just started... You know, I just said Doug was Doug and I were related all of a sudden. Ah, uh, yeah. You know, so you. it was it became Uncle Doug. Uncle Doug. So Uncle Doug Marone's Uncle Doug, uh, but I don't feel like that with this Doug. And what's the chances has any professional organization or at least NFL organization ever had two Dugs as their head coach? Yeah, a pair of Dugs. I don't think so. I think it, it feels like it feels like that doesn't happen as much as it should with all the like common names, like Mike. Yeah. Yeah, that's true, right? Like, I, I mean, I also would say, like, uh, did they miss the opportunity to get the Dugs in place when the Dougie was a thing? Yeah. You know, we're going to leave that alone. I mean, it was, though. No, it was like, a thing? How old were you when it was a thing? Oh. Like, it wasn't a thing for me, but how oh, old Brent, were you? Oh, I was there. It's on my phone. I have the Dougie on my phone. Like, you were there? Yeah, I bought the Dougie. The song, like, for I spent money on that song. I don't think I can play even a snippet of it, but it's here. I'll try to find it. Uh, thank you very, very much. We would like that if we could. Um, but so uh, here's where Doug and I are on the same page is what I was trying to say. I think this time of year is, uh, let's not say pointless, and let's not say meaningless. Let's just say overrated. There you go. And I think, uh, sure, there's, listen, you can always be doing work. I just think this whole setup of, like, this year-long calendar for the NFL and the OTAs and what it means and all this other stuff is is overblown. And to the point where Tom Coughlin's saying it's, like, mandatory and get here 100%, like, that was overblown. If guys miss, it's overblown. What? It's like, uh, I always liken it to, uh, and, and again, I'm not saying it's, I don't want to say it's pointless or meaningless. There's always work to be done. So to say the Jags are in a better place, sure. The length, what I've always said is the length of time they do this, from, like, early April all the way through mid-June, which is basically like a 10- to 12-week period, whatever it is, depending on if you have a new coaching staff and everything else. It's too long. Like, you don't need all that time, in my opinion, to install and, and all, all this stuff. So, like, I think there are some benefits to it, but I think it's overrated. And I think what... Doug Peterson is saying is it's overrated. I think what Doug Peterson has said um, is, hey, listen, you don't need all of this. You, you, some of this time is very valuable, especially for us with a new staff, with a young team, with new players, with a lot of new players, free agency and, and draft. So there's certainly benefits to it. But I also think he's saying in a couple of different ways. One, this mandatory minicamp, like, listen, we got our work done, go. And it reminds me of like an old boss I had. He's like, listen, I don't care if you work 15 hours or eight hours or four hours. Get your work done. And then go. Amen, brother. Like, just get your work done, right? Don't sit here for another two hours doing nothing, but also don't leave if your work isn't done. And so it's a little bit of that, I think, from Doug Peterson saying, hey, our work is pretty much done right now. We're just hanging around and filling out the time. 
uh, for some of these guys and some of the veterans. So, and, and also, what does it say to the team? It's a nice attaboy thing. It's all this stuff, much like the Top Golf today. Mm-hmm. And coaches do that, and that's part of playing with the psyche and the psychology of your team. Uh, so there's certain element to that in, in every line of business. But I also think he has said, or he didn't make it a big deal when it wasn't 100% participation. When guys were missing, he's like, hey, guys have a life. It's graduations. It's this. It's that. It's ma- weddings. It's That's part of it. Like, he did not make it a big deal. And I can tell you internally, he really didn't make it a big deal. Like, I've heard that. Like, he said, we're not making this a big deal. We're not doing the roster every day and saying, this guy's not here. This guy. I mean, of course, they know who's not there. But they're not also, like, going to make it a headline story each day. And that goes all the way back to probably the Coughlin regime, right, when it was a headline story when somebody wasn't there or two people, and Jalen Ramsey, Telvin Smith specifically, yep. were not there. The bottom line is the Jags have had a lot of participation in OTAs in this time of year when it's voluntary in the past. And what the hell has it got them? Not much. The number one pick twice. Yeah, it's got him the number one pick two years in a row. So, again, it speaks to my point of this time's overrated sometimes. But you can manage it. You can get something out of it. And I think Doug Peterson has a good feel for that. As a, as a player, now as a coach that's worked under Andy Reid, who also was a player's coach, if you will, and also as a coach of his own that he worked, he saw how things worked with Philadelphia and what resulted in, in a Lombardi trophy in one of those years. Uh, so I think it's a great job by Doug Peterson is the long-winded way to say this. Um, and I think it's a good thing. I don't think this is going to buy him, like, all this crazy equity in the locker room. I think it's a nice nod. I, I think right now, when you could be tired of your head coach going into the summer, I don't think there's a person in that building tired of their head coach here in Jacksonville. No. I think they like him more than they've ever liked him before right now. And it feels really good. And you know who else likes him? Their wives. Their kids, True. all these guys. I mean, again, I like this time of year, all right? I like uh, when people say it's 100 days to football season or 70 days to this or 50 days to camp, I'm like, go slow. I love football season. I love working. I love covering the Jags and covering the NFL and doing all in high school and doing all the things we do. But it's also a grind. And I'm going to enjoy that. Like, I've learned to enjoy the time and make that time go slow if we can because I like this time, too. And so I think all of these guys feel the same way. It doesn't mean I don't want to go to work and I can't wait for football season, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, I want to go fishing, too. I want to go play golf. I want to go on vacation. I want to spend time with the family. And I think Doug is doing a really good job with that uh, by this move and saying, hey, three more days might matter. Those three days might feel like an extra week at the end of the day because think about it three days from a football guy's standpoint. Three days means you're in the 90-degree heat and you're sweating. Three days means you hurt a little bit, too. And that means... When you fly out of town or you get out of town next Wednesday or Thursday when camp's done, you're probably still recovering from the camp on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Mm -hmm. And then your summer starts, right? Yeah. Uh, These guys already have to do a ton of work anyway. Like, they're not like me, can drink beer, eat pizza, and then show up to cover the the, the season. I mean, they got to stay in really good shape, of course, to be able to go when it's time to go. So they're already working. Um, So I really do like the move. I, I know, again, that's a lot of time on, hey, they got three days off. I haven't seen it. It's I mean, cool. It's I a cool it's thing, a, man. I think it's a cool thing, but I think it's a, it's kind of a big deal. Like, I don't think you just, like, hey, in passing, say they're done. Um, like, why don't we see it more? And maybe we have. I, I, there might be some folks out there that know some examples of it, but I just I don't remember seeing it. And, and we're getting to a time in the NFL where a couple of years ago it was, remember Sean McVay didn't play a starter uh, that yeah. preseason? Yeah. 
And I think there's been others now to do it since. Maybe like Cincinnati, did they do that or or something last year? Or uh, Burrow didn't. Else? I don't think Burrow played at all. He did yeah, actually. So now that I think we're getting. It. So what? Basically, what you have is is there's an NFL calendar and there's an NFL machine, and I don't think people are necessarily flipping off Roger Goodell and the people that make the NFL calendar. They understand it's a business and all this stuff, but they're also saying, listen, some of this stuff's a farce. You know, and we don't need all of this to be ready for this. And most of all, we need to be healthy. And I do wonder about that, Casey. The fact that, you know, the big news out of today is Jordan Smith's out for the year. Yeah. And we'll get to that in a little bit. And and I'm not sure it's – I feel bad saying this. Like, I don't know how impactful it is to this football team in the fall. Like, does that change from six, seven wins to six wins? No, probably not. Mm-hmm. But – when we were at that session the other day, and we don't even know if anybody else got hurt but uh, in the last couple of days, but in OTAs, we were there on Monday, and within an hour, Jordan Smith went down and C.J. Beathard went down. And you're like, whoa, because you don't see that very much in OTAs. And you wonder if that triggered Peterson or if he was planning this already. Yeah. But I... nothing scares a coach more. Than injuries. Sure. This time of year, because it's one thing to lose a guy on a Sunday in September, and it's another thing to lose a guy in May, in June, and in August. Yeah, absolutely. I think, and to that point, the question was asked today of, like, Doug Peterson, did he change his mind uh, with the injuries? He says no. Obviously, that that's what he said. I mean, is that true? Probably. Thank him for his word. But obviously, the injuries are a thing, and when you've already had two of them, now, granted, you don't want anybody to get hurt, but it is Jordan Smith, it is C.J. Beathard, and... Again, you don't want anybody to get hurt, but it, it could have been worse. For To your point, there guys could get hurt that you do really say, okay, maybe they're not a seven-win team now. They might be a six-win team due to some of the injuries you could get. So I think when you've seen it happen a couple times, Doug Peterson at least understands, like, hey, if we don't practice, nobody else can get hurt. So, I mean, I'm sure that goes into it, but, I mean, the question was asked. He said that didn't play into his decision-making, but who really knows? Yeah, and I'm not so calling I wouldn't say uh – like, I wouldn't think so. I think he probably was already planning this, but what I would say is it kind of cements that decision. Yeah. If you're wavering at all, it's like this is one of the reasons why we're making this Tipping decision, point for sure, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I just think there's some factor into it. Injuries this time, again, I just said it, man. If you lose somebody on Sunday, like the ETN injury was so bad last year, worse in essence than the, than the James Robinson and ETN injury. And think about what I just said there. Well, not really, Brent, because... Uh, what, I'm sorry, I'm Agnew and uh, James Robinson injury. Mm-hmm. I thought the ETN was much worse. And the reason I say that is because that game didn't count and he got hurt. At least you were playing for what was at stake when James Robinson got hurt. And that was a bad injury. And Agnew got hurt. And that was a bad injury. Now, in hindsight, those injuries might hurt you more going forward because of the timing of those injuries. Like James Robinson, who knows if he's ready to go at the start of the year. Because of the timing of the injury. Mm-hmm. So as you look down the road, now the ETN injury doesn't feel as bad. But the bottom line is, the ETN injury happened when really the bullets weren't flying. And, and it's just something that sits weird when you lose guys this time of year. Jordan Smith is out for the year. And we'll talk a little bit more about it, but like, that's a bummer of an injury. And specifically for that young man, because I think he might have been battling to make this roster as a draft pick a year ago. We'll talk more about that. Uh, do we have a Casey cam? Yeah. I just Hello. saw the feed. Hello, yeah. Casey. Like, you know, you look like one of those DJs, like, spinning in the club. Hey, man. You know, you know what I'm saying? What I, kind of music you playing today? You. 
I'm literally <laughs> controlling your volume. That's the what I'm doing today. Of me. Yeah, uh, we, right. we got some some work going on in here. Obviously, more to come on that information with the station. But um, somebody else had a great idea. This was not my idea, um, but I will take credit for it. I love it. I yep. love it. Good to see you. Uh, we'll be back. Action Sports Jacks. Don't pick your nose and be careful what you eat. Uh, we'll be back. Yep. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. I don't think so. And, and he doesn't have to go through it alone. You know, uh, we're here for him as well. And we can help him through a lot of situations. And then we can guide him through. And, and uh, you know, that's, I think that's part of the experience I had as being a head coach too and, and having gone through some similarities you know in Philly and um, it just makes you makes you think about things a little differently approach things differently handle things differently but you're better off for it that is Doug Peterson and his experience he's now sharing with this uh football team in Jacksonville Brent Martin on the road down to West Palm Beach area for uh look at our travel ball season uh starting up uh, here for the Martinos, and I know we're not alone in that boat. <laughs> uh, we're split up, okay? we got people everywhere, and it's going to be like that a lot of the summer. But the show goes on, and technology is good. So uh, Brett Martino, Casey Kurtz, technology so good that we got the Casey cam. Is that what we're going to call it, Casey? Yeah, that's that's what it's already been dubbed as well. So <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I, mean, I mean, that's easy, man. Like, that yeah, was like the lowest sure. hanging fruit ever, right? Yeah. Do you I like this? Do you like the idea of the camera? Yeah, I like it. You know, it feels... Um, you know, it feels like the right thing to do, right? I think uh, watching you sit there while I'm talking is probably a weird thing for people. So now they can, you know, see what's going on back here. You know, the, we, we tried to make the shot wide enough where you can kind of see, like, what I'm doing. I got some, yeah, you can see the screens. Good. But you can't see all of it. But people can understand, like, I'm working back here, right? I, I like that. You or know, watching soccer, one of the two. I don't know. <laughs> That's like, really you can't deep. see my TV, but it's right there. If he listens right, that means he was, he's Looking watching soccer. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> or, or something. So if you go back um, and watch that first segment, there's a lot of me looking this way. Right? soccer's on now? Are you watching golf? Uh, I'm watching soccer. We got Portugal and Czech Republic. I was just watching the Rays. They just played, like, the shortest, I forget the stat, one of the shortest games in franchise history. They started at one, and they're done. And they won, two to one. Uh, the the Rays play short games, man. Yeah, they do. I mean, well, I went to two games that were under two hours and fifty minutes. One, one was two twenty seven. I think the other one was two. No, one was two twenty three, and the other was two forty seven. The two games I saw. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy. And today was McClanahan for eight innings, and then on the other side, Miles Miles Mikolas for the Cardinals pitched eight innings. So you had no pitching changes. The score was two to one. The only run for the Rays was a two runner from G Man. So like, quick game. But they get it done. It's really all that matters. Yeah, Speaking today's game, an hour and 54 minutes. And you said they won 2-1? to one? They won 2-1. to one. Uh, And they won last night. And just uh, one note about last night. Uh, did you see Molina pitched? I did see. Yachty. I did see that, yes. So Yachty was throwing 49-mile-an-hour hooks. Gas. <laughs> and then he struck the guy out, whoever yeah, it was, I, I forget now, on 76-mile-an-hour fastball. Well, what I don't understand is, like, Yachty Molina's got a gun from the catchers uh, from behind the plate. Mm-hmm. It's a second. True. So yes. why is he only throwing 76 on the mound? That's a fair question. Like, I don't understand. Like, I understand some guys, you, you might have to loosen it up a little bit or lessen it up a little bit to throw strikes. Like, I mean, heck, uh, Kaylee pitches. Like, she does that. She could throw harder, but I feel like a lot of times she's throwing for location and she is more comfortable at a certain speed mm -hmm. hitting locations. Even though I'd like her to hit that radar gun and get it going a little bit more. 
But uh, yes. But I mean, 76 though. I mean, seriously, what do you think he throws from from um, the dish to second base? I mean, probably roughly that. No, he throws harder than that. Not I mean, anymore. Guys from the, you don't think so? No. Really? No, but I think it's a different. I think it's a different. It's still 76 or whatever, but it's a different 76. I think. Well, the pop time is obviously when you release it and all this stuff. I'm yeah. telling you, he's got to throw harder than that. He's got he's got to throw harder than that down to second. I yeah. just believe. I mean, he has to. I mean, do you know guys are throwing like 100 miles an hour from the outfield? Yes, I do. I mean, and they've got a running start and stuff. But and obviously they need big arms and strong arms, and that that's part of being a five-two player and and playing in the big leagues. But I mean, that is massive. Like. They're throwing ninety plus and up to a hundred from the outfield. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's just the way that he's throwing, right? Because when you're pitching, right, you need that whole like extension, that reach back. With Yachty, he's got the short arm thing from catcher, so you're really not getting it all, right? When you're pitching, and not that we're going to teach Yachty how to pitch, but I think the way that he throws probably could have been that scenario where you can throw it harder from behind the plate when you got the pop time, then you got the short release back to that scenario. Or it doesn't matter. I got you. Um, well, this is just fun. Yesterday in baseball, which is cool about baseball because it happens um, all the time. Uh, back to the video cam stuff, like sure. the DC yeah. cam. You know, like, I feel like you're looking at me now. When you look at the camera, I feel like you're looking at me. And so I, I, like, I can just yeah. smile at the bottom. I appreciate the evolution of our show and mm-hmm. our, our, like, video elements, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we've made people react to the video. We know that. Um, but it's a key part of what we do. It is. And but I but you said something interesting. Like when you're talking and I'm just listening and not talking on there. Mm-hmm. See, I don't think people watch it that way. Like I don't I think people still are listening. It's just an app and opportunity to find, but I don't think they're locked in right now and watching me talk. Yeah. And and I might be wrong about that, but I just don't think so. I think it's kinda like in the background, but it's a way to access the show without turning on the radio and turning on an app or other things. Yeah, I don't really expect people to be like locked in staring at you because that's a lot, don't get me wrong. But I think what I, what I would like to believe is most of the takes I give you are rather compelling. So then the listener's like, hey, like what, what is the reaction to the take? Like what, is, what is Brent reacting to this just fantastic Chris Canty-like take, the case he's giving? And then that's what they look. So then, you know, I think now adding the cam on my part, right? Now you can see how I feel getting the take. I talk in my head, obviously, that. But it's just, now it's just easier viewing experience, Brent. Not what you weren't doing. You know, I can get it. I need to start giving me a bird. It's the raw, filtered, uncut, like, it's just, it is what it is. You know, I might turn off my mic, start yelling and screaming, you'll be, why am I hearing him? Because he's, he's cursing at Brent, just not on the way there. So. There was a day and age, by the way, I will tell you about some of this station, um, and we've made it three and a half years now, okay? And we're not going anywhere. Just want to let you know. We're not, uh, we're not going in. They no, got a camera. Going. This is a new camera. <laughs> I mean, we got, we're, we're evolving. The extension cord is miles long. But when I first started this, when we first started this, I thought the video element was so important to it. And uh, I'm saying that because I proved I think I'm right on that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we're living, we're in a radio world, right? And they're like, it doesn't matter, man. Get the radio show up and go and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, I think we've proved them wrong on that part. I think uh, oh, yeah. I think they hate the video idea. Just, I'm not trying to burn them. But it's just like the radio. It's a radio station. So you think of just radio, 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 audio, audio, audio. Mm-hmm. I think we have in a day and age now where we need the video too, and it's, a, so. it's again from an accessible standpoint, more so than just watching talk. Where at the moment, if I'm looking down, watching me watch Kaylee pitch in Newberry on Game Changer, because that happens too. Yeah. So yeah. that's what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, oh, one last thing, Casey Cam, mm-hmm. I just gave it a K. Sure. That's Is fine. that okay? Yeah. Is you that just not, not another one. 
Well, I know, but Casey Cam, like C A M, like obviously Cam. is a normal spelling, but yeah. like I'm going with the Cam. Now, the problem is when we fire you or you leave for greener pastures, oh, whatever one happens. See, like, and here's a first on the Cam. Like, you can see somebody just came in, right? I don't even know who it was, but that is like it's it's a new innovation. Like, you can see when people walk in here. Anyway, go on, Brett. <laughs> so Casey Cam with a K. Yeah, that's it's the fine. way we're doing. It. Yeah. Maybe we can get, like, Circle K to sponsor that. That would be awesome because I'm a big supporter of the Polar Pops. But, by the way, I knew where you were going there. What are you going to do with the Casey Cam? You're going to have to hire somebody else that has a K name. (laughs) That's it. Yeah. Or a C name. It's an easy transition back. But, like, for example, you can't hire, like, like Justin, for example. True. Oh, but Coos, though, that works. Oh, Coos Cam. See? You just so if you're gonna apply to ESPN 690, your name needs to start with a <laughs> sound. Okay? Hey, we do not discriminate though. No, not <laughs> at all. But only two letters of the alphabet are acceptable around here. <laughs> That's terrific. Um, all right, hey, we talk about Doug Peterson. Let's talk a little bit more Jags um, because the other guy. That's important in this. Hey, see you. Go home. Have a good summer. Is Trevor Lawrence right? Doesn't that show a certain sign of comfortability? And I know Press Taylor said this today, and Doug has been saying this. They are very comfortable with Trevor is at, and he's the most important cog in all of this for this new offense of Doug Peterson and the Jacksonville Jaguars. You're supposed to say yes. It yes, does, Brent. yes, it does, Brent. <laughs> sorry, you're probably doing other things. I'm not looking on the camera. There you now. go. You know what I'm saying? Sorry. Yes, yes. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> so I think it says a lot about uh, where they feel comfortable with Trevor Lawrence and and if they thought they needed a little bit more work on the offense in terms of the install, the knowledge, the the, I mean, the, the small little parts of it, and, and that will continue to grow. I'm not saying he's ready to roll out the football and play week one and, and blah, 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 all this stuff. But I think it does show that he's on target, and they're comfortable with where he's at right now and this offense as a whole because mm-hmm. I think that would be the major sticking point. Listen, defenses are a lot easier to absorb and learn, and, and they've got their you know, subtleties as well, but not like the offense. And the offense – you better feel good about a year two quarterback going into his third offense in three years. And I think that set speaks volumes about where Doug Peterson, Press Taylor, and others feel Trevor is. Now, he's going to still work on it. But the fact that they can send these guys home for the summer, you know, if you will, I think does say a lot about how comfortable they are with Trevor. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that uh, fully because it's a whole other offense that he learned, right? And it's not the same from last year. And it took some time to, to learn that. But to your point, even if he doesn't have it to the 100th degree, maybe only has it in the 95th degree, they trust him that he's going to continue to work on it and be in the playbook while he's at home. And I think unintentionally, but Marissa has posted a couple times on her Instagram story like with their dogs, and you see Trevor in the background with the playbook in his hand. And it's kind of a funny thing. Amanda showed it to me a couple times. So That's interesting. I haven't caught that. Yeah, it's, it's kind of cool because they got a new dog, right? So those dogs are playing at, like, Trevor's feet, and then you see Trevor, like, reading. It's kind of funny. But uh, the point of that story is, like, even maybe unintentionally, we're seeing it through Marissa's Instagram that, hey, this guy is still learning, and he's going to continue to learn, and they feel good where he's at. And I think he has proven to continue to work and that he's going to work because I think one thing that we can say outside of, like, the first game last year, they weren't bad because Trevor didn't know what he was doing. He understood what he was supposed to do, I would say. It just didn't go well. So I think they see that. He figured it out then. I'm sure he showed the strides. He's going to continue to learn. But, yeah, they have to feel good about where he's at and leading the team and leading the offense. 
Well, it's a good point. Listen, there's a lot that goes into quarterback. I thought about this more even last week because I had said something. as a story that I'd like to do uh, around Trevor and Doug Peterson and others. And I'm not going to say that because other people might steal it, and I think it's a good one. So I'm not going to share. But nice. that got me thinking uh, in this context of the way I was thinking of just how much is on the quarterback. And it's like, okay, Brent, you're an idiot. Like, we've been talking about how much is on the quarterback for decades. But I don't know if we do all the time. And I think we pass over things like three quarter coordinators in three years. Yet we're like, hey, be like Tom Brady and be like Patrick Mahomes. Be like these guys. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, you want them to – it's not apples to apples. Like you're asking somebody to be like Patrick Mahomes, who's had the same guy coordinating him for years. You're asking somebody to grow like Josh Allen, who had Brian Dable with him for years. That's not the case. We're playing with a different set of cards with Trevor Lawrence. And so, like, we have to at least acknowledge that. Can we lean on that? It'd be an excuse why you don't perform well? No, but it's part of the equation. And we can't dismiss it either. Because if you want that to be the standard, if that's where you want this guy to get, well, we need some continuity around here. And they have to, that's where I always go back to setting it up for success. Well, then I was thinking even more so, again, this kind of goes back to the storyline. The story I was thinking about in my head had nothing to do with what I just said. But... You have to know as a quarterback the strengths and weaknesses of every player on your offense. Think about that. Think about what, what work of life you have to know all your peers' strengths and weaknesses. Sports radio producer. Almost as much as yours. Uh, yes, true. And by the way, sports is, uh, has this a lot. I mean, if you're LeBron James, he knows the strengths and weaknesses, right? Yeah. He's not going to put somebody in a bad spot, or at least he's smart enough to know. But there are a few players on the field, on the court, in the sports realm, where you have to either make up for it or attribute to their strengths and weaknesses. And quarterback is that. I don't think we ever really look at it through that lens. And, and part of this is, okay, if... I'll, go, I'll even give you the most uh, innate detail that I was thinking about. Speed. If you, if you have a little swing pass to Christian Kirk or a swing pass to LaVisca Chenault or a swing pass to ETN and a swing pass to James Robinson, you take those four guys. Mm-hmm. Well, where you place that ball in the exact timing, say you, you're releasing it at 1.2 seconds after the snap, the release where you are actually placing that differs for each guy. Absolutely. Because each guy's a step quicker or a step slower, half a step or this. Taller, shorter. The bottom line is you could put it in the same vicinity, and they're probably going to catch it. But for that play to work in rhythm, you have to know their strengths and weaknesses. And so that's where I was getting – I mean, it doesn't need a 20-minute conversation, but that's where my mind wandered so much last week about how good the greats are, how good Tom Brady is because he knows that stuff about guys. How good, when you hear Travis Kelsey and Mahomes and you talk about this chemistry and stuff, that's what they're talking about. They, they don't have to think about it. They know. Yeah. Like, Casey and I have been working together now for almost a year. We know our own, like, in almost a cadence form when you're going to probably talk or not talk or you're coming to the end or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of that to it. And, um, I, again, it's really their job to figure that out. I just think sometimes the game uh, – I think sometimes they make the game more complicated than it is 
But then I think sometimes we also on the outside dumb it down to the point where we don't think about the intricacies of the game in terms of being great. Yeah. I think you can play the game at a very average level in this kind of, like, this little bubble, and, and there's margin for error on all that. But I think if you want to take that next step, I think that's where those things go, unless you're just supremely talented. You know, the one thing I always say about this stuff is, like, if you're way more talented than somebody else, like, team chemistry and all this other kind of stuff that we talk about probably doesn't matter as much. But when you get to the professional levels, we're not talking about, um, you know, Florida playing high point in football, okay? We're talking about everybody's about the same. And so those, those intricacies really do matter. And as a young quarterback and as an ever-changing offense, which you're always going to have with new players anyway, but ever-changing systems, uh, it just got me thinking more just how much is on Trevor. And the beauty of Trevor is he's so gifted with his tools that he doesn't have to think about that part much. He's naturally gifted. Where if you go back to Blake Bortles, he had to think about the tool set. He had to think about the, the throwing motion. He had to think of, that's when people would say not a natural thrower and stuff. He would have to think about getting a spiral. Well, on top of all these other things. Yeah. While he's thinking about a new offense and a new offense and a new offense coordinator and new this and new that. And so it's, um, I don't know, just sometimes I think we need to remind people how intricate the game is. And the beauty of Trevor is his skill set is already in a certain place. And I'll give you one more thing about Trevor. Sure. I think he's not necessarily Ryan Fitzpatrick Harvard guy. I don't think. I, I don't know. I don't know how smart. You don't know his GPA, sure. But I'm telling you, I think he's a bright guy. And there's something about that at the quarterback position. You don't have to be Harvard guy. But you do have to have a level of intelligence, I believe, to um, really excel at that position in the NFL. No doubt. Uh, unless you are just super freaky as an athlete. Well, and, he- and, and now again, I mean, like Manny Ramirez never struck me as a smart guy. Yeah, boy. Manny Ramirez had, was a brilliant, smart hitter. Agreed. You know what I mean? There's yeah. a difference is my point. There's a difference between GPA, SAT, and knowledge of what you're doing, your craft. And seeing the spin on a baseball, sure. Yeah, and well, like, I always say this about Manny Ramirez, like, he had the beautiful, like, mix. He was, he, he comes across as, like, kind of like a dummy, really. He really does. Like, I mean, he did some stupid things, right? Yeah. Like, in the field and whatever. But his ability to just kind of be like, all right, I forgot about that, was awesome for a hitter. Because your ability in the game of failure to forget is really good. Mm -hmm. But, again, don't mistake some of the things that we would call kind of dumb things that he did for his lack of knowledge about how to hit a baseball and what it took to hit a baseball and what a pitch looked like and the count. In the, in the situation and all this stuff. And, again, I think that combination made him so brilliant as a hitter in, like, a weird way because I just don't think a lot of people would watch Manny Ramirez for 10, 12, 15 years play and say, that guy's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, probably <laughs> you not. Know? Yeah. You know? So it's uh, – it, it, I love that part of it. I think that's kind of cool in sports where, like, there's a reason why more Harvard quarterbacks don't play in the NFL, by the way, because it's more than being smart. <laughs> so uh, anyway, that's uh, that's my Trevor talk for today. And that was, wow, we're way late. That was that good. Was real, real quick, I will say this on what you brought up in terms of the swing pass and throwing the ball where these guys need it. Doug said something uh, similar to that today to the tune of, well, there's one guy, like when he throws it to ETN, we don't even have to worry about that. Like they know how to work with each other. 
and he cited some examples where it was like, hey, they Good say call. one or two words that I have no idea what they mean, but <laughs> yeah. those two guys know what they mean, and Great that's call. one less person that we have to think about Trevor learning to adjust to, and that's been, that's been helpful. So to your point, I think that flows right with it, where there's one guy he knows where he wants the ball at every single moment, and he don't, you don't have to worry about that. Now you go figure out what you do with Christian Kirk and how to get him the ball in his best spots. But you got one guy locked away, and they talk in a different language, apparently, that nobody else knows. I, I'm not going to lie. I'm mad at myself for not bringing that up. But it's I okay. think uh, I'm glad you are here with the Casey Cam to bring that up. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's it's why I didn't really bring music, point. Brent. I thought it's you'd a, come up with it. It's a really good point, and I didn't. Uh, we'll be back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 here on a Thursday. Hope you're doing well. We'll talk more football. we talk live golf coming up as well. What's a, what are your first impressions of this whole thing? Uh, it's all on the way on ESPN 690. Hey, I'm watching Kaylee pitch right now, actually, on Game Changer. That's the way this stuff works uh, in my world. But uh, Kaylee, after she's done pitching, you know where she goes? First stop, I cry out. It's St. John's County. That's what she does. Uh, pavilion at Durban Park and a great recovery tool for athletes. Uh, for her, obviously, she's a pitcher and uses the compression and the cryotherapy chamber. Uh, and great uh, recovery for you in your daily work life. You don't have to be an athlete to recover at iCryo. Plus, they have... Uh, different services like IV infusions and body sculpting uh, to go along with all the lifestyle services that they offer. Check it out, iCryo, iCryo app. Uh, it is uh, the latest wave in science and recovery, uh, amongst other things. And you can try it down there in St. John's County Pavilion at Durban Park. Don't forget to download the iCryo app. Brent Martineau down here in West Palm Beach, uh, along with Casey Cam, Casey yeah. Kurtz in the Action Sports Chat Studios. You always know where Casey is now, now that we've got that uh, camera working. Yeah. Hey, real quick, uh, Celtics won last night uh, going away in the fourth quarter after a comeback in the third quarter by the Warriors. Unfortunate. And I know there's some, you know, obviously we've got some uh, Curry talk uh, about the injury. And looks like he'll be back, but we'll see unless there's something that came out in the last couple of hours that I missed. Nah. The bottom line is, how surprising of a run is this for the Celtics? Uh, because to me, it's a little bit out of nowhere. Like, And again, I'm a very casual NBA guy. Um, and I know they were good this year. And some people saw this coming. And some of the way they can play defense and they can get after you in the physical nature. And they've got some good parts and they've got a star in Tatum. But it does feel like a surprising run at this point to be up 2-1 to one over a team that, on paper, I feel like is better in the Warriors. Yeah, for somebody that bet Warriors plus 3.5 last night, he's disappointed. Uh, that would be this guy right here. I, I'm i not sure. Like, here's the thing that I noticed last night because I was pretty locked in because, like I said, Warriors plus 3.5. Last night, at least, they didn't want to play basketball the way that you have to play to win the finals. Like, I texted Brian Middleton. I was like, I could get a rebound right now for Boston. Because, like, Golden State, they didn't box anybody out. They didn't, like, make the extra pass. It was a very weird game from Golden State. And I think when you look at Boston, they just have more of those guys. Like, Robert Williams is out there to rebound and block shots. He's not out there to score. And he understands his role. So, I think, overall, it's surprising because Golden State has better players but at the same time, Boston's players understand their role. They've bought in, and they know what they need to do. Now, Tatum needs to be better. They win without him being great again, which is surprising because Jalen Brown's been that dude. But I think Boston's guys just understand their roles. They stick to them, and they just gel well together. So I've, after seeing last night, like they wanted it more by a long shot. And if they want it more in these other games and they don't 
and Golden State doesn't box anybody out and try to rebound, Celtics are going to win this thing going away. Yeah, so Robert, it's weird. Yeah, it's a weird thing. Robert Williams, Grant Williams are like, they're awesome for them. And they don't score. Like, they don't and, even consider looking at the basket. It's like... But number 12 is everywhere on the floor. Yeah. For the Celtics. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And And you know what's crazy is... Like, Ty and I talk about this a lot. Like, you look at Golden State when they're playing perfection basketball, it's really good, is their parts almost feel like they're just as good as their stars, right? Those role players, the loonies of the world. Yeah. But the crazy thing is the Celtics have been better in that department and might be better in that department, amazingly, to your point. Yeah. It's just, so, I can't, I'm telling you, man, I watched that whole game last night, and I they, not one person on Golden State would box anybody out. They were like, oh, if it if it bounces off the rim to us, great, we have it. And that's why in the second half, like, Boston out-offensive rebounded them, like, 11 to nothing or 12 nothing. And it was like, try. You know what I'm saying? Like, I understand you guys have more talent, but they didn't they didn't want it. Like, Boston's hitting the floor every time there's a loose ball. Yeah. And Golden State's just, like, staying. It was a very weird. It was weird to see one team, like, give 100% and one team give, like, 40. It was odd. Sure, sure seems like a, a huge game for Golden State coming up in game four. We take a break. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. We'll be right back after this on a Thursday. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 